Good morning, good morning, good morning, Hope Williams. This is the adult Sunday school class, Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church, Norcross, Georgia, where our pastor is Bishop William L. Shears. We are delighted, blessed, excited, looking forward to being with you this morning as we study the Word of God. We're going to be in the book of 1 Kings, Old Testament, 1 Kings, chapter number 22. Our lesson begins around verse 15. First Kings chapter 22. Take a moment, grab that while we get ready to pray. Seek the Lord's very guidance as we study his word. Even if you think you know already what it says, even if you think you know already what it means, even if you think all, that you know already what you're supposed to get out of this, you and the teacher need to hear from God as you study the word. You ready? Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, here we are once again assembled around your throne, asking for your wisdom, your guidance, your understanding, <clears throat> asking for your instruction as we study your word. We thank you today that you've been so good to us. First of all, we thank you for your darling son, Jesus, died on the cross, arose the third day, that we might have the right to the tree of life. Thank you that at some point in our lives, we had the good sense, Father God, to accept your gift of salvation. And we thank you for that. You didn't have to do it, but you did. We thank you that you accepted us into the family of God again, that you restored our relationship with you back even like we had in the Garden of Eden. We thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that there are those on the line this morning, those who we will talk to today throughout the week, who don't know you and the free pardon of their sin, we ask you now to give us the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the articulation to be able to go to them, convince them to turn their very lives over to the one true and living God. We don't want to debate with them, God. We don't want to fuss with them, God. We don't want to fight with them, God. We just want them to say, yes, yes, Jesus is Lord. <clears throat> Now, God, if we could shift for a moment to some personal needs that we have, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you would make our financial needs even now. Do it miraculously like you did with the fish and the loaves. Meet the need. Then, God, some of us have some physical needs, sickness, disease, emotional needs, worry, concern. God, go and meet that need, those needs as well. Meet our needs there. Soothe our troubled minds. Be as you have always been, the great consolator. We need consoling right now in the name of Jesus. Then, Father, there's some of us who have challenges on our jobs. Those Some of us have challenges in the businesses that we own. Some of us have challenges in trying to manage our finances and manage our households. God, you can do that too. You have enough wisdom to tell us what to do and how to do it. Let us do nothing, God without first coming to you. Oh God, we thank you this morning for your Holy Spirit that rules and guides us, keeps us in the way. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, ever present. Now, Jesus, we pray for our country. We pray for our state, our city, our world. Even in the midst of these multiple pandemics, Lord, we pray that you would intervene, that you would come in and bless, show up like never before. Now, God, we thank you in advance for the word that's going to go forth in our Sunday school class and the word that's going to go forth 
in our regular church service at 10 a.m. God bless Bishop Shields in a mighty way. Lord him down into your treasures. Let him speak only that which you say. Oh God, we love you today. We praise you today. We lift you up. Oh God, allow us in the middle of our prayer to get a praise in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. You've been so good to us. Now, God, we pray that you watch over us and stand by us all week long until we meet and assemble again virtually. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, amen. I know you're muted, but you can still say amen. Yes. All right. Let's go to work in the book of 1 Kings. You're going to enjoy this today because it is relevant, <clears throat> topical, and right on time. Some of you may remember uh, when you were growing up and uh, maybe even now, when we watched um, As the World Turns Toward the Edge of Night, the Young and the Restless, and we watched General Hospital and, oh my God, all my children, we didn't miss all my children. They had all these plots and plot twists, and if you stayed with it long enough, uh, uh, you could see uh, these characters develop, but, but, they, but the stories drew you in because the stories were so fantastic. Uh, so it is uh, in the Bible, uh, <laughs> as you study God's word, uh, you have to understand this is about real people. This happened to real people in real time. And so we have one of these examples this morning of a great uh, all my children type story with some twists and turns that you're going to love as you sit back and consider it and then consider how it's applicable not only to your life, but how, how it's applicable to what's going on in the world today. The subject of our lesson, according to the Sunday school book, is speaking truth to power. Speaking truth to power. It is based on the biblical story told in 1 Kings chapter 22. Now, speaking truth to power is an admonition for us uh, that we must always do. No matter what is going on, you must always speak truth, not only to the powerful, but speaking truth when it matters. No time ever in the history of the world has truth mattered more. You, you guys remember hearing growing up, this thing called propaganda, about this thing, this concept called propaganda. Uh, propaganda is where the truth is stripped away, is replaced by a lie so that somebody else can benefit. <clears throat> and if enough people grab hold to the lie, the lie becomes truth. It's not true, but people treat it as true, and it causes them to do really silly and stupid and really outside their minds kinds of things. And the lie can be even even more sinister when it is told by the people at the very top of government. Uh, uh, what, what we know, uh, what we call it, or what, what the commentators call it now, is what we would call the big lie. A lot of that's been going on uh, lately. I won't get into that. The big lie. So how does that matter to what we're talking about today, Elderware? I'm glad you asked me. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter number 22, we remember, those of you who, who've been in Bible study in Sunday school, remember that some years before our lesson takes place, Ahab, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Remember now, the kingdom of Israel is split into two parts, Israel and Judah. They had formed an alliance because 
of a marriage within the two families. They had been somewhat uh, not friendly toward each other, but then, as always happens, uh, somebody fell in love with somebody, and so they had they ended up with an alliance between the king of Israel and the king of Judah. During this time, uh, uh, Ahab and Israel had fought against Syria on two different occasions. This, this is a story you may not have studied before. And they won both battles. Sometime after this, Ahab and his wife got together and started a big lie. What was the big lie? Ahab's wife, Jezebel, conspired against Naboth to steal his vineyard, which was right adjacent to Ahab's palace. Watch this. Watch this. Now, y'all watch all my children. Y'all watch the young Y'all, y'all, y'all watch. Y'all watch. Y'all watch God in light. Uh, uh, Jezebel sent letters in Ahab's name to the elders and nobles in Samaria. She forged his name, demanding that they call a feast and have two men present to falsely accuse Naboth of blasphemy and then have him stoned to death because they wanted his vineyard. It was his. He owned it. He was there first. They had no right to it, just like David did with Bathsheba. No right at all, but they got together and told this big lie. Uh, uh, when, when, when people at the very height of government start telling lies, it gets dangerous. And, and you have to step back and understand that, that, that it's important that we challenge this stuff when it happens. You all probably, like me growing up, had to remember poems. And I was taught a poem. Uh, it's a long poem by that great abolitionist James Russell Lowell called The Present Crisis. And you may have heard this quoted before from this poem, but James Russell Lowell wrote, Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne, yet that scaffold sways the future. And behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. That, that, that's this idea about how lying can be so pervasive and, and can make people do weird things. Dr. King said at the speech in, on Washington 1963, no lie can live forever. Yeah, truth pressed down to the earth will rise again. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's what has to happen. Remember that we talk about speaking truth to, to power. Look at this conspiracy of lies that, that, that Ahab and his wife Jezebel got together to kill this one man to take that man's property. And the people, the, the nobles, agreed with this foolishness and they stoned poor Naboth to death. That cleared the way for Ahab to take possession of his vineyard. And as a result, the prophet Elijah the prophet Elijah prophesied that dogs would lick the blood of Ahab in the same place that they licked Naboth's blood and dogs would devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. That, that's what Elijah the prophet prophesied and that's what made Jezebel chase him out of town. What did you say about me? I know you, oh no you didn't. And he had to run for his life. Elijah the prophet because he spoke truth to power. He's the first one we'll see today. 
But it, it was right because God is, and I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you this at the end. People of God, listen to me, listen, listen, I adjure you, listen to me. God is not going to let people do you wrong consistently and constantly and not get some recompense. You don't have to fight your battles. Be still. God will fight your battle. You don't have to start, start plotting and scheming and, and getting together. Listen, God hears and understands. Now watch, let's go, let's go, let's go. Elijah had already told him what's going to happen. God also told Ahab, I'm going to cut off your male descendants from ever occupying the throne of Israel. Now watch what happens. Ahab does some false mourning. And he says that he's sorrowful for what he did. And, and he humbled himself in the face of this, <clears throat> this, 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 this rebuke from Elijah. He humbled himself before God. And because God is a merciful, loving God, the Lord had mercy and said he would not cut off Ahab's male descendants until after he was dead. Now, for the next three years, we had what people called a bipartisan agreement. There was no war between Israel and Syria for the next three years. <clears throat> then, during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel, who said to his officials, watch this now, this is Jehoshaphat. Remember when the king of Syria took Ramoth and Gilead? Jehoshaphat answered, this is, this is, you'll see this in 1 Kings 22 too. That city is ours. So why have we done nothing to get it back? So Ahab asked King Jehoshaphat, well, will you join us to fight the Syrians at Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat answered, we will be as one. My men and my horses will be yours. Then, 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 then Jehoshaphat said something that was profound. You ready? But first, let's ask the Lord for advice. He said, before we, before we uh, go, go running around, he said, I pray thee that, that we, we hear from the Lord. Before you go into battle, people of God, before you decide to jump on that project, before you decide that you know everything there is to know about everything there is to know from, from, from time immemorial, always ask first for the Lord's advice. So Ahab convened a meeting at his court and he called a meeting of his prophets, which were about 400 at the time. Now, 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 now this will make a great movie. All these prophets, 400 of them, are assembled in this great hall. Get, a, get the picture. And Ahab is seated on the throne, which is always elevated above the people because you have to look up at the king. And Ahab is going to ask these people for advice, but Ahab already knows what he wants them to say, and they know what he wants, wants him to say because these prophets are prophets in name only. So Ahab asked the prophets, if he should attack the Syrians or not. They told him he should because the Lord will let him defeat Ramoth Gilead. 
What they said was, in verse 22, 6, I'm going to read it just for you know, so you know. Then the king of Israel gathered all the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it unto thy hand. Now, now they've not talked to God yet. That's called a spur of the moment response. <laughs> they didn't consult God. They knew what he wanted to do, so they they acquiesced. But Jehoshaphat, just the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat wasn't convinced. So he asked Ahab if the Lord had another prophet they could consult. King Ahab said, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is another prophet, and his name is Micaiah. He also told Jehoshaphat, listen, I hate Micaiah, because he never says anything good about me when he spoke for the Lord. <laughs> Ahab said, I don't like that boy. I don't like his political affiliation. I don't like his political party. I don't like his mama and grandmama and auntie all dipping snuff. I don't like that boy because whenever I go to him and ask him something, he always has something smart to say. He always says something that's never good about me. And the reason for that, Ahab, is because there's nothing good that could be said about you. You mad at Micaiah because he's telling the truth. Ahab said, I, 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 I just don't, I just don't, don't like, and matter of fact, Ahab said, I hate him. For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. He said, don't tell me that. He said, don't, don't, don't tell me that. I, I, I hear that, but let, let, let's bring the boy in here. And let's see what he said. You already got 400 witnesses lined up on your side. I just want to make sure. I just got to make sure that we're doing what the Lord says do. I know you're smart. I know you're erudite. I know you've been to the best schools. I know you know the Bible from back to forward, forward to back. I know you know everything there is to know about, everything there is to know. But let me just ask the Lord for confirmation. So King Ahab, in front of all these prophets, Assembling in this great hall, in the great throne room, he said to, the, to, to one of his officers, go find Micaiah and bring him here. At that time, they were all waiting to see what the king was going to do. One of the prophets named Zedekiah, an evil prophet, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, really a false prophet. Before they could get the Lord's word back, Zedekiah made some iron horns and said to Ahab, the Lord says you will use these iron horns to fight against the Syrian army. You will defeat them and destroy them. And see how he's playing up to him? All the other prophets, having not heard the Lord say that, still agreed with Zedekiah and told Ahab, go fight against the Syrians at Ramoth Gilead and you'll win the battle because the Lord will let you defeat them. While this was happening, while everybody's still trying to please the king, say what the king wants to hear, get on television, repeat the king's lie, get in the newspaper, repeat the king's lie, get, get on uh, 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 Twitter, repeat the king's lie. While, while all this line is going on, somebody still went to find Micaiah. When the man found Micaiah, he said to Micaiah, you'll love this because people do this to your time. He said, 
And the messenger that was going to find Micaiah spoke unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. He said, watch this, watch this warning, Micaiah. Let your word, I pray thee, be like the word of them and speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. See, 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 Micaiah said, don't, 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 don't bum rush me. And because I don't care if 400 people said it, I don't care if 4,000 people said it. If the Lord didn't say it, I'm not saying it. He said, but if the Lord said it, I'll say it. But you come in here trying to intimidate me, trying to give me a, 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 a sort of a preview of my own testimony. And Micaiah said, uh-uh, that's not how it works, brother. That's not how it works, sister. I'm going to say what the Lord says. Now watch this. Watch this. He said, don't, don't put no words in my mouth. Oh, no, no, no. I hear you, but I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm only going to do what the Lord said. That's where our story picks up. Micaiah uh, jumps in the SUV with the blue lights flashing, and they take him down to the throne room. Watch this. Uh, Micaiah walks in to the throne room, and Ahab doesn't like him in the first place. Remember, Ahab said he hates Micaiah. So now I want you to watch this. Watch this sarcastic prophecy Micaiah gives when he when he questions when he's questioned by Ahab. Watch this. Verse I, I, lesson picks up now. We're, we're, we're going good now. Verse twenty, chapter twenty-two, First Kings, verse fifteen. Let's read together. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go up against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into thy hand. After Ahab's official found Micaiah, brought him back, told him he needed to repeat the good same words of the other prophets. <clears throat> In response, Micaiah already told him, I only, I'm only going to say what the Lord tells me to say. But he came to the king and Ahab said, I'm going to ask you one time, shall we attack Ramoth Gilead? Or not. That, that, that's the meaning of the word forbear. Should we attack or should we not attack? It was the same question that had been asked of his own prophets, but now it was rhetorical. He's asking it not for an answer, but for him to just confirm what he just said. Now, may I put a pen right there and tell you just real quickly? Ramoth Gilead is located on the east of the Jordan River. It was a place where there were cities of refuge. The cities of refuge were cities of safety where those who had killed somebody could go and live in peace, but in basically internal exile. By the time of our lesson, Ramoth Gilead was in the hands of the Syrians and King Ahab wanted it back. In response to Ahab's question, Micaiah said, hey, go and prosper. The Lord delivered a very flippant, sarcastic response. If Ahab thought for a minute he was fooling Micaiah into thinking he really cared about what the will of God was, he was wrong. You, you can't fool the people of God with lies. You cannot. Y'all know all kind of stuff has been through here. All kind of stuff has been through. People, for, for a while, y'all remember some years ago, the, 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 the laughing spirit was through here. People would just laugh 
throughout the whole search. Y'all remember that? And then uh, for a while, a man was going through saying that you could get rich by saying, money cometh to me now. You pull on the lever, cha-ching, money cometh. But money won't cometh unless you worketh. If you don't worketh, you're going to end up brokeeth. See, 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 that all that kind of stuff, all that kind of foolishness, people come through and say it's God speaking. Micaiah said, I'll give you the answer you want because you don't really want to hear from God. You want somebody to confirm what you already said. I'm aware that what you're doing, whatever you want to do, you're going to do it either way if I tell you not to. So that's why I'm giving you this sarcastic answer. Go and prosper. Go in peace. Have fun. Holler at you later. Yeah, boy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man, I got you. Yeah. The prophet was not serious. He was really saying to Ahab, why, of course, go right ahead, be successful. But Micaiah knew the real truth. We're going to see it later in the text. Still speaking sarcastically to, to Ahab, Micaiah also said, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. When the prophet told Ahab this, he was telling him just what he wanted to hear. Micaiah knew, just like some of us, no matter what he told the king, he wasn't going to accept it anyway. So the prophet didn't see why he should waste his time telling the truth to a king that loved the lie more. A truth that he would learn real quick because he's not obeying the word of God. Same thing Jesus did. When Jesus was talking to Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, thou hast said it. <laughs> you, you said it. Why are you asking me something you already know? It's, 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 it's cutting sarcasm. It's the kind of sarcasm that, that cuts deep, especially because the person asking it knows that they're not about anything, that they're just trying to get confirmation of something that they want to do despite what God said. Be very careful when you want to do what you want to do, no matter when God says, don't do it. And you decide, I, I, I heard you something different, Lord, and you know better. Now watch <clears throat> Ahab's accusatory response. Micaiah told him what he wanted to hear, right? Let's read verse 16. And the king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? After hearing Micaiah give him the same answer as his other bought and paid for prophets, the king said, I'm tired of begging you to tell me what's right. The word adjure can mean to have somebody swear to something. Ahab's question itself reveals that he doubted anything the prophet would say. He said, I, I told y'all verse, back in verse 8, I hate this boy. I don't like this boy because he's always saying little slick stuff, always saying little ugly stuff to me. But Micaiah's not trying to be slick. He's not trying to be ugly. He's not trying to be disrespectful. He's just doing his job, speaking truth to power, what the Lord tells him to do. He was, he was, actually, he was actually saying, I, I, I need you to tell me the truth. How ironic. This king who wouldn't know the truth if it bit him in the hand was now accusing the only prophet who was telling the truth to be lying. He said, I know you're lying because you don't agree with all these other rascals who told me the same thing. Micaiah was only saying what the king wanted to hear when he told him to do, as the other prophet said, go fight the Syrians, see if I care. He only agreed with them, I told you earlier, because he knew Ahab really didn't want to hear the truth. There are people who really don't want to hear 
the truth. It, 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 they remind, it, it sort of reminds me of that great courtroom scene in A Few Good Men where Jack Nicholson is answering a question from Tom Cruise. And he t Tom Cruise tells Jack Nicholson, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson fires back, you can't handle the truth. But people of God, it's our duty to tell people, even those whose feelings it might hurt, not in a mean and ugly way, but you got to tell them the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's go on a little further. Let's read verse 17, and we'll see Micaiah's true prophecy now. <clears throat> and this is what's going to take you up. It's going to elevate you. It's going to move you from, from, from earth to glory. You're going to like this picture that Micaiah paints. Because he's been challenged now by the king saying, why are you acting like that? Why, why, I know what you're saying, but I hear this, this sarcasm, this derision in your voice. Micaiah says, okay, you want the truth? You want to hear about it? Wrote a song about it. Here it go. Here's what Micaiah says, verse 17. <clears throat> and he said, this is Micaiah speaking, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house. After Ahab accused Micaiah of lying, the prophet in, the, in essence said, okay, let's go. He said, I, I, I saw this vision uh, and, and, and I just saw all of Israel either uh, in a vision or a dream. He said they were dispersed upon the mountains like sheep that don't have shepherd. They were running wild. Nobody to guide them. The statement indicates that Israel would lose their king in battle. That's Ahab. Listen now, you want me to tell you the truth? You're going to die. I mean, you ask me for the truth now. The truth, is, the truth can be hard sometimes. You're going to die if you go up and do this battle. I saw it. And you consider the shepherd. Uh, we, we know that from, 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 from the word. The shepherd is the, the king. The shepherd is the leader. As a matter of fact, Zechariah tells us, if you smite the shepherd, all the sheep shall be scattered. The Lord also described Israel in this prophecy as these who have no master. In the last part of this verse, the Lord, look at this now, all capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the preexistent one. That's Yahweh. That's Elohim. That's God and all his, his facets. After the people lost their king in battle, watch this, there would be a national call for them to retreat, this is the prophecy, without accomplishing their goal, which was to take back their land. You're going to go to war. Not only are you going to lose your king, you're not going to get what you went to war for. And you're going to have to go home, quote, in peace. They're not going to kill all the soldiers, but, they get, but you're going to lose the king. Therefore, Mr. Micah, the prophet, prophesied what he had seen and heard from God while the, while the prophets of King Ahab prophesied, as Jeremiah would say, quote, out of their own hearts and follow their own spirit. Micaiah's prophecy here described the defeat and leaderless armies of Israel in a state of confusion and disarray. Listen, people of God. Listen, those in power. Listen, those who were formerly in power. Listen, those who want to be in power. The power, any power you get or allowed to have or exercise come from, comes from God. And when you, God allows you because of his 
permissive will to get power and you abuse it, please understand, trust and believe you can't get away. God is going to have recompense, especially when you do it in a way that harms the people of God. <clears throat> Ahab asked for the truth, got the truth, and then watch this. You said you wanted the truth, right? <clears throat> you got the truth. Watch what, watch what Ahab does in verse 18. Ahab says, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? <laughs> After hearing uh, Micaiah's prophecy, Ahab probably felt a little vindicated because he told Jehoshaphat, he's never going to say anything good about me. But it's not about you, sir. It's a, you asked me what the Lord says. So he turns to, to, to his fellow king and says, I told you that boy, that boy always like that. His words indicate, right, that there's some kind of conspiracy, no conspiracy against you, man. This is the Lord speaking. He, he wanted Jehoshaphat to think that the prophet had something personal against him. But it was Ahab who admitted he hated Mike, he hated Micaiah. You never say here Micaiah say he hated Ahab because he didn't. He's just doing his job. It's true that those who hate or dislike others <laughs> themselves often think other people hate them. And the folk are not even thinking about you. Think about it. What evil did Micaiah prophesy by telling Ahab that if, there's a big if, if you go to battle, you're going to die. If you go to battle, the people are not going to have a leader. If you go to battle, they're going to return home defeated. If, in other words, they have, you still have a choice, even though I'm telling you in advance what's going to happen, so you have a choice. You're going to do what God says, or you're going to follow your own silly counsel. You're free to choose. You're a free moral agent. As, as Will Smith said in the, in the movie Concussion, tell the truth. If you tell the truth, then you have your own decision to make, Mr. Ahab. I'm not telling you anything that you have to do. I'm just telling you what you need to do because the Lord told me to tell you. Don't, 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 don't sign on, people of God. When you see somebody going wrong, don't sign on to, to, to destruction. Don't sign on to failure. Don't sign on to I'm with you when you're right. I'm, I'm with you when you're right. But when you're wrong, I, I've got to call you out. One of the best kindnesses we can show to someone who is following a dangerous path is to warn them of the coming danger. Micah, Micaiah, excuse me, gets, gets very deep again and, 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 and takes them to even a higher plane. Look at verse 19, this beautiful thing being laid out. As we stand here now in this great hall, the throne room of Ahab, it's, it's ornate. You, you can hear a pin drop. It's ornate. You can hear Bouse walking on cotton in here. You, it's ornate. It's beautiful. People are quiet. There are 400 people arrayed on the other side. Micah, Micaiah standing by himself. Uh, two kings are up there. All the courtiers are there. The, the, the lyre is softly playing in the background. Uh, food is being served by the servants. It's great. And, and, and Micaiah says, let me take you somewhere. Verse 19. He said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Look how he flips the script. He said, this, this thing you see here, Ahab going on in the earth realm, same thing's happening in heaven. He said, he said I, 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 I want you to hear now. Don't hear my words. Hear now, therefore, the word of the Lord. Hear what the Lord is saying to you. 
This statement was intended to assure both King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat that this message came directly from God and not from Micaiah. First, uh, Micaiah said, I saw, I had an experience. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. You think you're sitting on his throne. No, no. God is the only one sitting on his throne. God has sovereignty over everybody, sir, including you. And Micaiah said, I also saw all the host, like these 400 prophets you got to read. Micaiah said, I saw all the host standing by God. All these angels standing by God on his right hand and on his left. Woo! What a vision. Micaiah is not in the vision. He sees the vision. Verse 20. And the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner and another said on that manner. What does that mean? Where in this vision, the prophet declared what, 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 that the Lord is asking a question like Ahab asked. Ahab asked, shall I go up? He said, God asked the same question. Who's going to persuade Ahab that he may go up to Ramoth Gilead? I don't know if the prophet really saw what took place in heaven or not. It seems more likely that this was God's way of using what was actually taking place at the time so that Ahab would be convinced to follow Micaiah's advice. He says, I, I, I don't want you to follow these false prophets, but you're going to do it anyway. I know you. Uh, uh, and, and, and everybody said in, in one manner, Micaiah said, God asked, who's going to persuade him now? Who, who's going to persuade him? Who among you in this crowd of spirits will persuade Ahab to go against my counsel and go up anyway? And this is a fantastic verse that's coming up. Read it very carefully and watch what happens. Um, Verse 21, and there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And those present in God's court offered ways to persuade Ahab to attack the Syrians. Micaiah said, but there came a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm the spirit that's going to persuade Ahab. Now listen, listen, people think, that they are persuaded by people to do wrong. No, you're always persuaded by a spirit. It's never people. Now, when I say spirit, don't get spooky on me. Don't start running around uh, worrying about the Wolfman and Frankenstein's monster uh, and Abbott and Costello. No, 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 no. Not talking about spooks. I'm talking about that thing, that internal spirit, that spirit that comes to you as a persuasive vessel to let to nudge you toward wrong when there's a spirit called the Holy Spirit always pulling you toward right. You have to decide which spirit you're going to listen to because they're dueling. They are dueling spirits always, especially when you're about to make a decision that can hurt you. You don't know it because you can't see the future, but God can. But God always gives you that choice. And this spirit comes to this brother and says, go on up there and do it. This spirit, verse 22, the Lord said unto him, to this, this spirit, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also, go forth and do so. Now, Michael's a bad man. <laughs> Michael said, <laughs> I saw in heaven that God was going to use a lying spirit. Did he use a lying spirit? Yeah, it's these 400 boys standing here. These knuckleheads over here telling you 
to do something that they know they haven't consulted the Lord on, those are your lying spirits. So don't get caught up, y'all, and think, well, God created a lying spirit. Don't, don't, don't get deep and theological on me. The lying spirit came from a person, 400 of them. The king is surrounded by lying spirits because he wants to believe a lie. TV, radio, Twitter, newspapers, political ads. Because he wants to believe a lie, he believes the lie, and he gets somebody to tell the lie he wants to believe. And so Micaiah sees the Lord in this, not because the Lord is in the business of lying, but because the Lord always sets between you two opinions. Which one will you choose, life or death? Here's a hint, choose life. Choose life. So these, these, these lying spirits are there, and, and, and you know them. You've run to them before. You, you know people have come to you in various forms of fashion. Even they come to church trying to sell some product, something, pretending to be, pretending to be Christian, pretending to be spiritual, pretending that they know God. They got, God told me and tell you, uh, you I was going to marry you. God ain't told me, so you had to marry somebody else, bro. Keep it moving. Uh, you ain't got to leave, but you got to get out of here. They went, and so, 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 so you have to understand that the way the enemy works is that the enemy tells you what you want to hear, even if the, even after you've consulted God and you've got to decide whose voice you're going to want to hear. And God never threatens us; He merely warns us. God never threatens; He warns. Let's go to verse twenty-three. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit. In the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord has spoke evil concerning thee. Now, this is speaking truth to power. It's 400 to 1. This boy got an Elijah spirit. This, this boy doesn't mind. This, this Micaiah, he's standing within a few feet of these people and looks them dead in their cross eyes and said, These are lying prophets. They lie. I don't care if they got the color turned on back or turn around backwards or not. They're lying. And the Lord has spoken evil concerning you. Don't listen to these people because you've got a bunch of prophets around you whose are secretness borders on toadyism. Don't you allow them to persuade you to do something you know better. I just told you what God said. If you go up, you're going to die. Micah's prophecy infuriates the king and will be done. Verses 24 and 25 are not in the text, but read it sometime because, because it, it, it's, it's powerful stuff. He, 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 it got so bad that the wicked prophet Zedekiah slapped Micaiah, humiliated him, slapped him in front of everybody. A sign of red humiliation. Micaiah didn't fight back because you hold your peace. You let the Lord fight your battles and victory. Oh, victory shall be yours. As believers, we should always oppose wrong of where we are in those whose company, no matter whose company we're in, just like Jesus would. And they did the same thing as Jesus. They spat on him. They slapped him. They pulled his beard out hair by hair, put a crown of thorns on his head, made him carry his own cross, but he still spoke proof to Pilate. He still, still spoke uh, uh, truth to the Pharisees and the Sadducees because you have to last, last two and we're done. And the king of Israel said, take Micaiah. Carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, put this man in prison. Feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I come in peace. And then, verse 28, and, and, and Micaiah said, If thou return it all in peace, the Lord shall not 
the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people, every one of you. Now listen, now listen, they humiliated him, but he kept on speaking the truth. They abused him, he kept on speaking the truth. You know this is, this is a picture of the pre-incarnate Christ. They, they, they told lies on him, he kept on telling the truth. They, they, they gave him a false trial, and, 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 and Micaiah's place, he didn't even get a trial, but he kept on speaking the truth. He kept on speaking the truth. Why? Because God will always vindicate you, and God did vindicate him because Ahab, even though he disguised himself when he went into that battle so that he wouldn't get killed, guess what? He got killed by an arrow. arrow. They weren't even shooting at him. He got killed because when God speaks, God's word is always right. Let me tell you this, and we're done for the day, people of God. You don't have to fight your battles. You don't have to wish evil on anybody. You don't have to pray anything befall anybody. Just know this, God will always vindicate you. When you stand up for God, God will always stand up for you. When you stand up for God, God will always be there for you. When you hold on to God's unchanging hand, God's hand will hold on to you. When you tell your family, your friends, your children, your neighbors, what thus says the Lord, and you do it, and you ask them to do it, and you pray for them, please know and believe, trust and believe. God's got you. You stand there and you speak only what God says. And I promise you, I promise you, you will be vindicated. Be blessed all week long. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Hope Williams. This is the Adult Sunday School class, Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church, Norcross, Georgia, where our pastor is Bishop William L. Shears. We are delighted, blessed, excited, looking forward to being with you this morning as we study the Word of God. We're going to be in the book of 1 Kings, Old Testament, 1 Kings, chapter number 22. Our lesson begins around verse 15, 1 Kings chapter 22. Take a moment, grab that while we get ready to pray. Seek the Lord's very guidance as we study his word. Even if you think you know already what it says, even if you think you know already what it means, even if you think all, that you know already what you're supposed to get out of this, you and the teacher need to hear from God as you study the word. You ready? Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, here we are once again assembled around your throne, asking for your wisdom, your guidance, your understanding, <clears throat> asking for your instruction as we study your word. We thank you today that you've been so good to us. First of all, we thank you for your darling son, Jesus, died on the cross, arose the third day, that we might have the right to the tree of life. Thank you that at some point in our lives, we had the good sense, Father God, to accept your gift of salvation. And we thank you for that. You didn't have to do it, but you did. We thank you that you accepted us into the family of God again, that you restored our relationship with you back even like we had in the Garden of Eden. We thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that there are those on the line this morning, those who we will talk to today throughout the week who don't know you and the free pardon of their sin, we ask you now to give us the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the articulation, 
to be able to go to them, convince them to turn their very lives over to the one true and living God. We don't want to debate with them, God. We don't want to fuss with them, God. We don't want to fight with them, God. We just want them to say, yes, yes, Jesus is Lord. <clears throat> now, God, if we could shift for a moment to some personal needs that we have, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you would make our financial needs even now. Do it miraculously like you did with the fish and the loaves. Meet the need. Then, God, some of us have some physical needs, sickness, disease, emotional needs, worry, concern. God, go and meet that need, those needs as well. Meet our needs there. Soothe our troubled minds. Be as you have always been, the great consolator. We need consoling right now in the name of Jesus. Then, Father, there's some of us who have challenges on our jobs. Those Some of us have challenges in the businesses that we own. Some of us have challenges in trying to manage our finances and manage our households. God, you can do that too. You have enough wisdom to tell us what to do and how to do it. Let us do nothing, God, without first coming to you. Oh, God, we thank you this morning for your Holy Spirit that rules and guides us, keeps us in the way. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, ever-present. Now, Jesus, we pray for our country. We pray for our state, our city, our world. Even in the midst of these multiple pandemics, Lord, we pray that you would intervene, that you would come in and bless, show up like never before. Now, God, we thank you in advance for the word that's going to go forth in our Sunday school class and the word that's going to go forth in our regular church service at 10 a.m. God bless Bishop Shields, in a mighty way, lower him down into your treasures. Let him speak only that which you say. Oh, God, we love you today. We praise you today. We lift you up. Oh, God, allow us in the middle of our prayer to get a praise in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. You've been so good to us. Now, God, we pray that you watch over us and stand by us all week long until we meet and assemble again virtually. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, amen. I know you're muted, but you can still say amen. Yes. All right. Let's go to work in the book of 1 Kings. You're going to enjoy this today because it is relevant, <clears throat> topical, and right on time. Some of you may remember uh, when you were growing up, and, and uh, maybe even now, when we watched... Um, as the world turns toward the edge of night, the young and the restless, and we watched General Hospital, and oh my God, all my children, we didn't miss all my children. They had all these plots and plot twists, and if you stayed with it long enough, uh, uh, you could see uh, these characters develop, but, but, they, but the stories drew you in because the stories were so fantastic. Uh, so it is uh, in the Bible, uh, <laughs> as you study God's word, uh, you have to understand this is about real people. This happened to real people in real time. And so we have one of these examples this morning of a great uh, all my children type story with some twists and turns that you're going to love as you sit back and consider it and then consider how it's applicable not only to your life, but how, how it's applicable to what's going on in the world today. The subject of our lesson, according to the Sunday school book, is speaking truth to power. 
speaking truth to power. It is based on the biblical story told in 1 Kings chapter 22. Now, speaking truth to power is an admonition for us uh, that we must always do. No matter what is going on, you must always speak truth, not only to the powerful, but speaking truth when it matters. No time ever in the history of the world has truth mattered more. You, you guys remember hearing growing up this thing called propaganda about this thing, this concept called propaganda. Uh, propaganda is where the truth is stripped away, is replaced by a lie so that somebody else can benefit. <clears throat> and if enough people grab hold to the lie, the lie becomes truth. It's not true, but people treat it as true and it causes them to do really silly and stupid and really outside their minds kinds of things. And the lie can be even, even more sinister when it is told by the people at the very top of government. Uh, uh, what, what we know, uh, what we call it, or what, what the commentators call it now, is what we would call the big lie. A lot of that's been going on uh, lately. I won't get into that. The big lie. So how does that matter to what we're talking about today, Elderware? I'm glad you asked me. In 1 Kings chapter number 22, we remember, those of you who, who've been in Bible study in Sunday school, remember that some years before our lesson takes place, Ahab, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Remember now, the kingdom of Israel is split into two parts, Israel and Judah. They had formed an alliance because of a marriage within the two families. They had been somewhat uh, not friendly toward each other, but then, as always happens, uh, somebody fell in love with somebody, and so they, had, they ended up with an alliance between the king of Israel and the king of du Judah. During this time, uh, uh, Ahab and Israel had fought against Syria on two different occasions. This, this is a story you may not have studied before. And they won both battles. Sometime after this, Ahab and his wife got together and started a big lie. What was the big lie? Ahab's wife, Jezebel, conspired against Naboth to steal his vineyard, which was right adjacent to Ahab's palace. Watch this, watch this. Now, y'all watch all my children. Y'all watch, y'all can arrest this. Y'all, y'all, y'all watch, y'all watch, y'all watch God in light. Uh, uh, Jezebel sent letters in Ahab's name to the elders and nobles in Samaria. She forged his name, demanding that they call a feast and have two men present to falsely accuse Naboth of blasphemy and then have him stoned to death because they wanted his vineyard. It was his. He owned it. He was there first. They had no right to it, just like David did with Bathsheba. No right at all, but they got together and told this big lie. Uh, uh, when, when, when people at the very height of government start telling lies, it gets dangerous. 
and, and you have to step back and understand that, that, that it's important that we challenge this stuff when it happens. You all probably, like me growing up, had to remember poems. And I was taught a poem. Uh, it's a long poem by that great abolitionist James Russell Lowell called The Present Crisis. And you may have heard this quoted before from this poem, but James Russell Lowell wrote truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yet that scaffold sways the future and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. That, that, that's this idea about how lying can be so pervasive and, and can make people do weird things. Dr. King said at the speech in, on Washington 1963, no lie can live forever. Yeah, truth pressed down to the earth will rise again. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's what has to happen. Remember that we talk about speaking truth to, to power. Look at this conspiracy of lies that, that, that Ahab and his wife Jezebel got together to kill this one man to take that man's property. And the people, the, the nobles, agreed with this foolishness and they stoned poor Naboth to death. That cleared the way for Ahab to take possession of his vineyard. And as a result, the prophet Elijah, the prophet Elijah prophesied that dogs would lick the blood of Ahab in the same place that they licked Naboth's blood and dogs would devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. That, that's what Elijah the prophet prophesied. And that's what made Jezebel chase him out of town. What did you say about me? I know you, oh no, you didn't. And he had to run for his life. Elijah, the prophet, because he spoke truth to power. He's the first one we'll see today. But it, it was right because God is, and I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you this at the end. People of God, listen to me, listen, listen. I adjure you, listen to me. God is not going to let people do you wrong consistently and constantly and not get some recompense. You don't have to fight your battles. Be still. God will fight your battle. You don't have to start, start plotting and scheming and, and getting together. Listen, God hears and understands. Now watch, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Elijah had already told him what's going to happen. God also told Ahab, I'm going to cut off your male descendants from ever occupying the throne of Israel. Now watch what happens. Ahab does some false mourning. And he says that he's sorrowful for what he did. And, and he humbled himself in the face of this, <clears throat> this, 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 this rebuke from Elijah. He humbled himself before God. And because God is a merciful, loving God, the Lord had mercy and said he would not cut off Ahab's male descendants until after he was dead. Now, for the next three years, we had what people called a bipartisan agreement. There was no war between Israel and Syria for the next three years. <clears throat> then, during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel who said to his officials, watch this now, this is Jehoshaphat talking. Remember when the king of Syria took Ramoth and Gilead? Jehoshaphat answered, this is, this is, you'll see this in 1 Kings 22 too. That city is ours. 
So why have we done nothing to get it back? So Ahab asked King Jehoshaphat, well, will you join us to fight the Syrians at Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat answered, we will be as one. My men and my horses will be yours. Then, 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 then Jehoshaphat said something that was profound. You ready? But first, let's ask the Lord for advice. He said, before we, before we uh, go, go running around, he said, I pray thee that, that we, we hear from the Lord. Before you go into battle, people of God, before you decide to jump on that project, before you decide that you know everything there is to know about everything there is to know from, from, from time immemorial, always ask first for the Lord's advice. So Ahab convened a meeting at his court and he called a meeting of his prophets, which were about 400 at the time. Now, 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 now this will make a great movie. All these prophets, 400 of them, are assembled in this great hall. Get, a, get the picture. And Ahab is seated on the throne, which is always elevated above the people because you have to look up at the king. And Ahab is going to ask these people for advice, but Ahab already knows what he wants them to say, and they know what he wants, wants him to say because these prophets are prophets in name only. So Ahab asked the prophets, if he should attack the Syrians or not. They told him he should because the Lord will let him defeat Ramoth Gilead. What they said was, in verse 22, 6, I'm going to read just for you know, so you know. Then the king of Israel gathered other prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it unto by hand. Now, now they've not talked to God yet. That's called a spur of the moment response. <laughs> they didn't consult God. They knew what he wanted to do. So they, they acquiesced. But Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat wasn't convinced. So he asked Ahab if the Lord had another prophet they could consult. King Ahab said, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is another prophet, and his name is Micaiah. He also told Jehoshaphat, listen, I hate Micaiah because he never says anything good about me when he spoke for the Lord. <laughs> Ahab said, I don't like that boy. I don't like his political affiliation. I don't like his political party. I don't like his mama, his grandmama, and auntie, all dipping snuff. I don't like that boy because whenever I go to him and ask him something, he always has something smart to say. He always says something that's never good about me. And the reason for that, Ahab, is because there's nothing good that could be said about you. You mad at Micaiah because he's telling the truth. Ahab said, I, 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 I just don't, I just don't, don't like, and matter of fact, Ahab said, I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. He said, don't tell me that. He said, don't, don't, don't tell me that. I, I, I hear that, but let, let, let's bring the boy in here and let's see what he said. You already got 400 witnesses lined up on your side. I just want to make sure 
I just got to make sure that we're doing what the Lord says do. I know you're smart. I know you're erudite. I know you've been to the best schools. I know you know the Bible from back to forward, forward to back. I know you know everything there is to know about, everything there is to know. But let me just ask the Lord for confirmation. So King Ahab, in front of all these prophets, assembled in this great hall, in the great throne room, he said to, the, to, to one of his officers, go find Micaiah and bring him here. At that time, they were all waiting to see what the king was going to do. One of the prophets named Zedekiah, an evil prophet, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, really a false prophet. Before they could get the Lord's word back, Zedekiah made some iron horns and said to Ahab, the Lord says, you will use these iron horns to fight against the Syrian army. You will defeat them and destroy them. And see how he's playing up to him? All the other prophets, having not heard the Lord say that, still agreed with Zedekiah and told Ahab, go fight against the Syrians at Ramoth Gilead and you'll win the battle because the Lord will let you defeat them. While this was happening, while everybody's still trying to please the king, say what the king wants to hear, get on television, repeat the king's lie, get in the newspaper, repeat the king's lie, get, get on a, a, a Twitter, repeat the king's lie. While, while all this line is going on, somebody still went to find Micaiah. When the man found Micaiah, he said to Micaiah, you'll love this because people do this to your time. He said, <clears throat> And the messenger that was going to find Micaiah spoke unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. He said, Watch this, watch this warning, Micaiah. Let your word, I pray thee, be like the word of them, and speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. See, 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 Micaiah said, Don't, 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 don't bum rush me. And because I don't care if 400 people said it, I don't care if 4,000 people said it. If the Lord didn't say it, I'm not saying it. He said, but if the Lord says it, I'll say it. But you come in here trying to intimidate me, trying to give me a, 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 a sort of a preview of my own testimony. And Micaiah said, uh-uh, that's not how it works, brother. That's not how it works, sister. I'm going to say what the Lord says. Now watch this. Watch this. He said, don't, don't put no words in my mouth. Oh, no, no, no. I hear you, but I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm only going to do what the Lord said. That's where I story picks up. Micaiah uh, jumps in the SUV with the blue lights flashing and they take him down to the throne room. Watch this. Uh, Micaiah walks in to the throne room and Ahab doesn't like him in the first place. Remember, Ahab said he hates Micaiah. So now I want you to watch this. Watch this sarcastic prophecy Micaiah gives when he when he questions when he's questioned by Ahab, watch this. Verse I, I, lesson picks up now. We're we're good and good now. Verse twenty, chapter twenty-two, First Kings, verse fifteen. Let's read together. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go up against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into thy hand. After Ahab's official 
found Micaiah, brought him back, told him he needed to repeat the good same words of the other prophets. <clears throat> In response, Micaiah already told him, I only, I'm only going to say what the Lord tells me to say. But he came to the king, and Ahab said, I'm going to ask you one time, shall we attack Ramoth Gilead or not? That, that, that's the meaning of the word forbear. Should we attack or should we not attack? It was the same question that had been asked of his own prophets, but now it was rhetorical. He's asking it not for an answer, but for him to just confirm what he just said. Now, may I put a pin right there and tell you just real quickly? Ramoth Gilead is located on the east of the Jordan River. It was a place where there were cities of refuge. The cities of refuge were cities of safety where those who had killed somebody could go and live in peace, but in basically internal exile. By the time of our lesson, Ramoth Gilead was in the hands of the Syrians and King Ahab wanted it back. In response to Ahab's question, Micaiah said, hey, go and prosper. The Lord delivered a very flippant, sarcastic response. If Ahab thought for a minute he was fooling Micaiah into thinking he really cared about what the will of God was, he was wrong. You, you can't fool the people of God with lies. You cannot. Y'all know all kind of stuff has been through here. All kind of stuff has been through. People, for, for a while, y'all remember some years ago, the, 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 the laughing spirit was through here. People would just laugh throughout the whole search. Y'all remember that? And then uh, for a while, a man was going through saying that you could get rich by saying, money cometh to me. Now you pull on the lever. Cha-ching. Money cometh. But money won't cometh unless you worketh. If you don't worketh, you're going to end up brokeeth. See, 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 that all that kind of stuff, all that kind of foolishness, people come through and say it's God speaking. Micaiah said, I'll give you the answer you want because you don't really want to hear from God. You want somebody to confirm what you already said. I'm aware that what you're doing, whatever you want to do, you're going to do it either way if I tell you not to. So that's why I'm giving you this sarcastic answer. Go and prosper. Go in peace. Have fun. Holler at you later. Yeah, boy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man, I got you. Yeah. The prophet was not serious. He was really saying to Ahab, why, of course, go right ahead. Be successful. But Micaiah knew the real truth. We're going to see it later in the text. Still speaking sarcastically to, to Ahab, Micaiah also said, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. When the prophet told Ahab this, he was telling him just what he wanted to hear. Micaiah knew, just like some of us, no matter what he told the king, he wasn't going to accept it anyway. So the prophet didn't see why he should waste his time telling the truth to a king that loved the lie more. A truth that he would learn real quick because he's not obeying the word of God. Same thing Jesus did. When Jesus was talking to Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, thou hast said it. <laughs> you, you said it. Why are you asking me something you already know? It's, 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 it's cutting sarcasm. It's the kind of sarcasm that, that cuts deep, especially because the person asking it knows that they're not about anything, that they're just trying to get confirmation of something that they want to do despite what God said. Be very careful when you want to do what you want to do, no matter when God says don't do it. 
and you decide, I, I, I heard you something different, Lord, and you know better. Now watch <clears throat> Ahab's accusatory response. Micaiah told him what he wanted to hear, right? Let's read verse 16. And the king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? After hearing Micaiah give him the same answer as his other bought and paid for prophets, the king said, I'm tired of begging you to tell me what's right. The word adjure can mean to have somebody swear to something. Ahab's question itself reveals that he doubted anything the prophet would say. He said, I, I, I told y'all verse back in verse eight, I hate this boy. I don't like this boy because he's always saying little slick stuff, always saying little ugly stuff to me. But Micaiah's not trying to be slick. He's not trying to be ugly. He's not trying to be disrespectful. He's just doing his job, speaking truth to power, what the Lord tells him to do. He was, he was, actually, he was actually saying, I, I, I need you to tell me the truth. How ironic. This king who wouldn't know the truth if it bit him in the hand was now accusing the only prophet who was telling the truth to be lying. He said, I know you're lying because you don't agree with all these other rascals who told me the same thing. Micaiah was only saying what the king wanted to hear when he told him to do, as the other prophets said, go fight the Syrians, see if I care. He only agreed with them, I told you earlier, because he knew Ahab really didn't want to hear the truth. There are people who really don't want to hear the truth. It, 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 they remind, it, it sort of reminds me of that great courtroom scene and a few good men well, Jack Nicholson is answering a question from Tom Cruise. And he t Tom Cruise tells Jack Nicholson, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson fires back, you can't handle the truth. But people of God, it's our duty to tell people, even those whose feelings it might hurt, not in a mean and ugly way, but you got to tell them the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's go on a little further. Let's read. Verse 17, and we'll see Micaiah's true prophecy now. <clears throat> and this is what's going to, going to take you up. It's going to elevate you. It's going to move you from, from, from earth to glory. You're going to like this picture that Micaiah paints because he's been challenged now by the king saying, why are you acting like that? Why, why, I, I know you what you're saying, but I hear this, this sarcasm, this derision in your voice. Micaiah says, okay, you want the truth? You want to hear about it? Wrote a song about it. Here it go. Here's what Micaiah says, verse 17. <clears throat> and he said, this is Micaiah speaking, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house. After Ahab accused Micaiah of lying, the prophet in, the, in essence said, okay, let's go. He said, I, I saw this vision uh, and, and, and I just saw all of Israel either uh, in a vision or a dream. He said they were dispersed upon the mountains like sheep that don't have shepherd. They were running wild. Nobody to guide them. The statement indicates that Israel would lose their king in battle. That's Ahab. Listen now, you want me to tell you the truth? You're going to die. I mean, you ask me for the truth now. The truth, is, the truth can be hard sometimes. You're going to die. If you go up and do this battle, I saw it. And you consider the shepherd. Uh, we, we know that from, 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 from the word. The shepherd is the, the king. The shepherd is the leader. 
As a matter of fact, Zechariah tells us, if you smite the shepherd, all the sheep shall be scattered. The Lord also described Israel in this prophecy as these who have no master. In the last part of this verse, the Lord, look at this now, all capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the preexistent one. That's Yahweh. That's Elohim. That's God and all his, his facets. After the people lost their king in battle, watch this, there would be a national call for them to retreat. This is the prophecy. Without accomplishing their goal, which was to take back their land. You're going to go to war. Not only are you going to lose your king, you're not going to get what you went to war for. And you're going to have to go home, quote, in peace. They're not going to kill all the soldiers, but, they get, but you're going to lose the king. Therefore, Mr. Micah, the prophet, prophesied what he had seen and heard from God while the, while the prophets of King Ahab prophesied, as Jeremiah would say, quote, out of their own hearts and follow their own spirit. Micaiah's prophecy here described the defeat and leaderless armies of Israel in a state of confusion and disarray. Listen, people of God. Listen, those in power. Listen, those who were formerly in power. Listen, those who want to be in power. The power, any power you get or allowed to have or exercise come from, comes from God. And when you God allows you because of his permissive will to get power and you abuse it, please understand, trust and believe you can't get away. God is going to have recompense, especially when you do it in a way that harms the people of God. <clears throat> Ahab asked for the truth, got the truth, and then watch this. You, you said you wanted the truth, right? <clears throat> you got the truth. Watch what, watch what Ahab does in verse 18. Ahab says, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? <laughs> After hearing uh, Micaiah's prophecy, Ahab probably felt a little vindicated because he told Jehoshaphat, he's never going to say anything good about me. But it's not about you, sir. It's a, you ask me what the Lord says. So he turns to, to, to his fellow king and says, I told you that boy, that boy always like that. His words indicate, right, that there's some kind of conspiracy. There's no conspiracy against you, man. This is the Lord speaking. He, he wanted Jehoshaphat to think that the prophet had something personal against him. But it was Ahab who admitted he hated Mike, he hated Micaiah. You never say here Micaiah said he hated Ahab because he didn't. He's just doing his job. It's true that those who hate or dislike others <laughs> themselves often think other people hate them. And folks are not even thinking about you. Think about it. What evil did Micaiah prophesy by telling Ahab that if, there's a big if, if you go to battle, you're going to die. If you go to battle, the people are not going to have a leader. If you go to battle, they're going to return home defeated. If, in other words, they have, you still have a choice, even though I'm telling you in advance what's going to happen, so you have a choice. You're going to do what God says, or you're going to follow your own silly counsel. You're free to choose. You're a free moral agent. As Will Smith said in the, in the movie Concussion, tell the truth. If you tell the truth, then you have your own decision to make, Mr. Ahab. I'm not telling you anything that you have to do. I'm just telling you what you need to do because the Lord told me to tell you. 
Don't, 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 don't sign on, people of God. When you see somebody going wrong, don't sign on to, to, to destruction. Don't sign on to failure. Don't sign on to I'm with you when you're right. I'm, I'm with you when you're right. But when you're wrong, I, I've got to call you out. One of the best kindnesses we can show to someone who is following a dangerous path is to warn them of the coming danger. M Micah, Micaiah, excuse me, gets, gets very deep again and, 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 and takes them to even a higher plane. Look at verse 19, this beautiful thing being laid out. As we stand here now in this great hall, the throne room of Ahab, it's, it's ornate. You, you can hear a pin drop. It's ornate. You can hear Bouse walking on cotton in here. You, it's ornate. It's beautiful. People are quiet. There are 400 people arrayed on the other side. Micah, Micaiah standing by himself. Uh, two kings are up there. All the courtiers are there. The, the, the lyre is softly playing in the background. Uh, food is being served by the servants. It's great. And, Mik and, and, and Micaiah says, let me take you somewhere. Verse 19. He said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Look how he flips the script. He said, this, this thing you see here, Ahab going on in the earth realm, same thing's happening in heaven. He said, he said I, 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 I want you to hear now. Don't hear my words. Hear now, therefore, the word of the Lord. Hear what the Lord is saying to you. This statement was intended to assure both King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat, that this message came directly from God and not from Micaiah. First, uh, Micaiah said, I saw, I had an experience. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. You think you're sitting on his throne. No, no. God is the only one sitting on his throne. God has sovereignty over everybody, sir, including you. And Micaiah said, I also saw all the host, like these 400 prophets you got to read. Micaiah said, I saw all the host standing by God. All these angels standing by God on his right hand and on his left. Woo! What a vision. Micaiah is not in the vision. He sees the vision. Verse 20. And the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner and another said on that manner. What does that mean? Where in this vision, the prophet declared what 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 that the Lord is asking a question like Ahab asked. Ahab asked, "Shall I go up?" He said, "God asked the same question. Who's going to persuade Ahab that he may go up to Ramoth Gilead?" I don't know if the prophet really saw what took place in heaven or not. It seems more likely that this was God's way of using what was actually taking place at the time, so that Ahab would be convinced to follow Micaiah's advice. He says, I, I, I don't want you to follow these false prophets, but you're going to do it anyway. I know you. Uh, uh, and, and, and everybody said in, in one manner, Micaiah said, God asked, who's going to persuade him now? Who, who's going to persuade him? Who among you in this crowd of spirits will persuade Ahab to go against my counsel and go up anyway? And this is a fantastic verse that's coming up. Read it very carefully and watch what happens. Uh, verse 21, and there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And those present in God's court offered ways to persuade Ahab to attack the Syrians. Micaiah said, 
But there came a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm the spirit that's going to persuade Ahab. Now listen, listen. People think that they are persuaded by people to do wrong. No, you're always persuaded by a spirit. It's never people. Now, when I say spirit, don't get spooky on me. Don't start running around uh, worrying about the Wolfman and Frankenstein's monster uh, and Abbott and Costello. No, 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 no. Not talking about spooks. I'm talking about that thing, that internal spirit, that spirit that comes to you as a persuasive vessel to let to nudge you toward wrong when there's a spirit called the Holy Spirit always pulling you toward right. You have to decide which spirit you're going to listen to because they're dueling. They are dueling spirits always, especially when you're about to make a decision that can hurt you. You don't know it because you can't see the future, but God can. But God always gives you that choice. And this spirit comes to this brother and says, go on up there and do it. This spirit, verse 22, the Lord said unto him, to this, this spirit, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also, go forth and do so. Now, Michael's a bad man. <laughs> Michael said, <laughs> I saw in heaven that God was going to use a lying spirit. Did he use a lying spirit? Yeah, it's these 400 boys standing here. These knuckleheads over here telling you to do something that they know they haven't consulted the Lord on. Those are your lying spirits. So don't get caught up, y'all, and think, well, God created a lying spirit. Don't, don't, don't get deep and theological on me. The lying spirit came from a person, 400 of them. The king is surrounded by lying spirits because he wants to believe a lie. TV, radio, Twitter, newspapers, political ads. Because he wants to believe a lie, he believes the lie, and he gets somebody to tell the lie he wants to believe. And so Micaiah sees the Lord in this, not because the Lord is in the business of lying, but because the Lord always sets between you two opinions. Which one will you choose, life or death? Here's a hint, choose life. Choose life. So these, these, these lying spirits are there, and, and, and you know them. You've run to them before. You, you know people have come to you in various forms of fashion. Even they come to church trying to sell some product, something, pretending to be, pretending to be Christian, pretending to be spiritual, pretending that they know God. They got, God told me to tell you, uh, you I was going to marry you. God ain't told me, so you had to marry somebody else, bro. Keep it moving. Uh, you ain't got to leave, but you got to get out of here. They went, and so, 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 so you have to understand that the way the enemy works is that the enemy tells you what you want to hear, even if the, even after you've consulted God and you've got to decide whose voice you're going to want to hear. And God never threatens us; He merely warns us. God never threatens; He warns. Let's go to verse twenty-three. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit. In the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord has spoke evil concerning thee. Now, this is freaking truth to power. It's 400 to 1. This boy got an Elijah spirit. This, this boy doesn't mind. This, this Micaiah, he's standing within a few feet of these people and looks them dead in their cross eyes and said, These are lying prophets. They lie. I don't care if they got the color turned on, back, turn around backwards or not, they're lying. 
and the Lord has spoken evil concerning you. Don't listen to these people because you've got a bunch of prophets around you who's our secretionist, borders on toadyism. Don't you allow them to persuade you to do something you know better. I just told you what God said. If you go up, you're going to die. Micah's prophecy infuriates the king and will be done. Verses 24 and 25 are not in the text, but read it sometime because because. It, it, it's, it's powerful stuff. He, 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 it got so bad that the wicked prophet Zedekiah slapped Micaiah, humiliated him, slapped him in front of everybody. A sign of red humiliation. Micaiah didn't fight back because you hold your peace. You let the Lord fight your battles and victory. Oh, victory shall be yours. As believers, we should always oppose wrong of where we are in those whose company, no matter whose company we're in, just like Jesus would. And they did the same thing as Jesus. They spat on him. They slapped him. They pulled his beard out hair by hair, put a crown of thorns on his head, made him carry his own cross, but he still spoke proof to Pilate. He still, still spoke uh, uh, truth to the Pharisees and the Sadducees because you have to last, last two and we're done. And the king of Israel said, take Micaiah. Carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, put this man in prison. Feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I come in peace. And then, verse 20, and, and, and Micaiah said, If thou return it all in peace, the Lord shall not, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. Now listen. Now listen. They humiliated him, but he kept on speaking the truth. They abused him, he kept on speaking the truth. You know this is, this is a picture of the pre-incarnate Christ. They, they, they told lies on him, he kept on telling the truth. They, they, they gave him a false trial, and, 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 and Micaiah's place, he didn't even get a trial, but he kept on speaking the truth. He kept on speaking the truth. Why? Because God will always vindicate you, and God did vindicate him because Ahab, even though he disguised himself when he went into that battle, so that he wouldn't get killed, guess what? He got killed by an arrow, arrow. They weren't even shooting at him. He got killed because when God speaks, God's word is always right. Let me tell you this, and we're done for the day, people of God. You don't have to fight your battles. You don't have to wish evil on anybody. You don't have to pray anything befall anybody. Just know this, God will always vindicate you. When you stand up for God, God will always stand up for you. When you stand up for God, God will always be there for you. When you hold on to God's unchanging hand, God's hand will hold on to you. When you tell your family, your friends, your children, your neighbors, what thus says the Lord, and you do it, and you ask them to do it, and you pray for them, please know and believe, trust and believe. God's got you. You stand there and you speak only what God says. And I promise you, I promise you, you will be vindicated. Be blessed all week long.